Hey, and welcome to episode 52 of the Thoughtcast, conversations about animation. I am your host, Philip Elke, joined by my brother, Dawson Elke. And hey, hey um, the, two, the two brothers, hashtag the two brothers. We're from Minnesota, and we're talking about a movie today. And we are joined by Jody Pulaski. Hey, how's it going? Hey everyone, I'm excited to be part of the Two Brothers podcast today. <laughs> Coming to us from Georgia, I believe. Yep, still Georgia. Over the Zoom. Jody, you're the best brother of the two brothers. You know it. <laughs> That's right. One big happy family. There's just the three of us on the episode today, um, but hopefully get thoughts from our other regular contributor, Hannah, on a future episode because we are seeking major expertise in the realm of, once again, the Disney princesses. On today's discussion of 2020's live action Mulan from the Walt Disney Company director, Nikki Caro. And um, this will be an interesting one. This ought to be a banger uh, because um, there's just a lot of strange context surrounding this film. And, um, <laughs> particularly the fact that it's not available to see in theaters, even though it's a $200 million production from the Walt Disney Company. The uh, first $100 million plus uh, production given to a female director since A Wrinkle in Time, one noteworthy bit of trivia. Uh, but let's turn it over to our guests and um, see what they thought of this new <laughs> offering from the Walt Disney Company, as we are all uh, pretty big fans of, of Disney, if our track record on the track record on this show is any indication. Jody, what did you think of 2020's Mulan? Yeah, so this was one of the live actions that I was getting more and more curious about. Uh, there was kind of like a lot of talk on it with social media because it was going straight to kind of your TV and you weren't going to be able to see it in the theaters. Um, so I kept seeing people posting whether it's not worth it to pay $30 to watch this one. And people were kind of talking about how music's taken out, um, a lot of political undertones about the actors and the location. So there was a lot of talk about the movie without even actually talking about the movie. So I was excited to see it and give it a shot. Um, I liked it. I didn't love it. I think for $30, it was worth it. You can tell they put a lot of something into this film. <laughs> um, they did bring some new elements in that I did enjoy, some not quite as much that I'm sure we'll dig into with the magic or lack of songs. But overall, I think it was pretty good. Definitely more a mature look at the storyline. And it's something I guess I would watch again on a rainy day. Dawson, what did you think? Fair. I, I'd agree with most of that. Um, and I'm the, I don't love it is definitely true. And then I, my scale probably narrow tips, narrowly tips into the, I didn't like it category. Um, on a rainy day, I would watch the original over this one. Um, it was lame. <laughs> <laughs> I thought yeah. you'd come out guns blazing on, honestly, based on the few notes I've heard from you uh, since the movie came out. Yeah, it's interesting to note that this movie is only available to watch in the U.S. if you have a Disney Plus subscription and you pay a $30 fee to unlock it. We'll, we'll get into all No drive-in theaters, no, yeah. All the things. <laughs> um, 
No, I, I don't, I don't have a very enthusiastic opinion one way or another. It's a, it's another Disney live action remake that mm-hmm. lacks the soul and charm of its source. Yeah. But it does, but that's not to say everything's about it's terrible. Just as Jody pointed out, there's some great, there's some great stuff. I think you can like a story. Like, I think you can like a story and not like the way it was executed. And I feel like for Mulan, like at the end of the day, like I like the story. Like, I like that this girl goes into this and she overcomes all these obstacles and the, 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 the values she finds along the way. But like, I could read it as a book and like it just as much. I don't think it needed a movie, but the story was there. What did you think, Philip? You haven't really said. Yeah, um, I was fully engaged when I watched it for the first time. I, you know, was eager to put down that 30 bucks. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's a shared family account. So it's like spread across, you know, seven different users, basically. So it's not so in terms of the price point. Yeah, I don't none of us had issues with that. Because yeah, for 30 bucks, all of us watching that exactly wasn't wasn't a bad deal. That wasn't a problem. Mm hmm. But um, yeah, like I, it hooked me right away. Um, I think this movie could have used a little bit, um, I'm going to borrow a phrase, oh boy, a little more paprika on the sandwich. Um, if there's one thing uh, M. Night Shyamalan ought to be recognized as a genius for, it's uh, coining that phrase, uh, which has then been co-opted by that uh, podcast i've referenced on here before uh, from which i frequently plagiarize uh no the (laughs) they could have used a little bit just more character soul spirit you know this movie has been described by some people as uh soulless i mean or no font kind of uh joyless just a little bit uh, dry and i don't know i sometimes i get the sense that it it is uh endemic to the Disney live action remakes where it feels sort of obligatory, um, kind of a cliff notes version of a familiar story. You're putting a hat on a hat. <laughs> um, yes. As we were watching, as my wife and I were watching scene by scene, we were kind of just looking at each other and saying, well, this is the same, but worse. And that's been the case for most, all the Disney films I've seen. And I haven't seen the live action quote unquote live action Lion King yet because I know that's what it'll be. Um like the I think the biggest the biggest example of that in the first uh, quarter or third of the movie was the matchmaker scene in the live action film. Just the same but worse. So much worse. Like kind of embarrassing. And I, we just were like why why are we watching why why not just watch the original again? Like um and so, uh yeah arrows to the chest <laughs> I so like, many like the arrows violence. to the chest i i appreciated that uh you know the, i like a good fight yeah pg-13 level action you know um but it's, it's been and like I, i've read a couple articles so i'm and i'm not gonna like quote and cite exactly which one's which but like you know whether it's american or chinese audiences saying the editing is all over the place like what's going on it's like it's like it it takes someone said and this was a chinese reviewer like it takes from all of these epic chinese film influences that are classics like crouching tiger and hidden dragon or whatever but just does them worse um and that's and i'm i haven't seen a lot of like chinese martial arts films but i was getting that sense even without kind of the background. Um, 
you know, was in the in the animated show, they don't have people running up walls and stuff, and they don't have magic. So I was like, what's this? What's this? Is this trying to be historical or not trying to be historical? And people kind of that have had issues with that. And in terms of soullessness, it's like, you know, I don't have anything necessarily. It, it, the actress has been criticized across, like globally, for having just a poker face, like mm-hmm. no emotion whatsoever, which is unfortunate given that the original Mulan was full of spunk and character and wit and and charm anyway yeah no on that note the when the movie starts out you know this is the movie of Mulan like it's called Mulan she's the star and it starts Mm -hmm. out with the father narrating it and I was like oh no because that's like kind (laughs) of where Mulan could have had an inner dialogue you know because we don't we don't see a lot on her face of emotion so why not make her the narrator of her own story just to get like a little bit more of that internal thought process. So that was like one thing that right off the bat, I was like, man, this is gonna detract from at least my perception of the story because like she's the heroine, like she's, it's her story. Like mm-hmm. I would have liked it to be her voice guiding us in. And throughout the movie, I, I agree with you, Dawson, you kind of don't see a lot of like personality shine through her. So like if she had been the narrator, you maybe would have gotten some of those glimpses of where her head was and where her heart was because she doesn't have songs to sing these thoughts to us. So right. why not let her have the narration portion? But again, they, they chose to give it to the father, which I thought was a, a weird decision. I, I, choosing narration as a framing device is always, a that's a very tricky thing to like get right in any film. So I was kind of, yeah, right off the bat when I heard narration, I kind of thought, oh no. Um, so I agree with you there. Yeah, that podcast, you recommended a Bancroft Brothers podcast, Philip. I actually listened to it. Um, and it was interesting when all the original animators were talking about, um, they talked a little bit about the live action film and apparently 80% of the film they said was in the can and testing negatively with people. So Disney brought the original lyricists and composers in and were like, ah, the music, they want the music. They, you know, the people are missing the music and of that's, I mean, 70% almost I'd say of what makes the original memorable I would almost say 70% it's probably closer to 50 50 just everything about that film the soup that made it as iconic and and memorable as it is Um, even you know because I've seen some articles saying that like you know when it first came out in China you know people didn't really you know who's this Mushu guy but then I've read articles actually where like Chinese audiences miss Mushu and that Mm. there actually is a tradition for kind of belittling like minor entities, like small dragons in the kind of, in the, the cultural, whatever they were going for there. And, and there's a, a Chinese comedian who's very famous who voices Mushu in the Chinese version of the film. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was really popular. Yeah, I don't know. So like everyone kind of missed Mushu, everyone kind of missed the music and, well, and the comic relief in general was lacking. Do you know deeply. who voiced Chang or uh, Shang in the Chinese version? No. Uh, Jackie Chan. Oh, oh, cool! He at least did the singing. Oh. I, I know for uh, I'll make a man out of you. That's awesome because he does. He has done studio albums in Chinese. <laughs> he's a, he's a recording artist in China. Uh, I mean, he I guess can do anything because he's Jackie Chan. I was going to say, is there anything he can't do? Like he has all the paprikas on his sandwich. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's actually a bit from a podcast called Blank Check, which I highly recommend. But uh, you, yeah, Dawson mentioned um, the Bancroft brothers who have an animation podcast, like the real deal, you know, the the full, you know. <laughs> they were there. They lived it. Yeah, uh, n- not 
nothing like, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to disparage us because uh, we're having a lot of <laughs> fun did. here. You did. With... No, we're not <laughs> animators. We're just fans. We're just audience. We're the, t- we're, we're just schmoes <laughs> that's with right. opinions. No. And uh, sometimes that's where you get some of the best insight on these types of things. But yeah, like, they recently had on, um, well, Tom Bancroft and Tony Bancroft are twin brothers who went to um, Cal Arts in Southern California and then went directly from there to the Walt Disney Animation Studios. And uh, Tony Bancroft was one of the co-directors on the original Mulan. It was his one uh, Disney animated feature that he directed. Uh, Tom Bancroft hasn't directed any Disney features, though he was supervising animator on a variety of characters, uh, including Mushu in the original Mulan. And um, yeah, the, they have a podcast together and they had on Barry Cook, the other co-director from Mulan, and um, also Matthew Wilder, who was the uh, music composer for the songs in Mulan, which Mulan also had a, an original score from one of the all-time, you know, greatest music, you know, one of the biggest names in film composition, Jerry Goldsmith, uh, one of his last film scores, uh, but also, you know, in sort of the Alan Menken role, you know, composing the the musical uh, numbers, uh, you had Matthew Wilder, who uh, was a pop artist from the 80s, famous for the one song. I'm going to break my stride. <laughs> yeah, which has kind of become a meme now, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of hilarious. Yeah, he mentioned on that episode, like, it's kind of like he just released a new album with the way that song has taken off in, in recent time. Um, but anyways, like, he had an interesting story being this sort of newcomer to film, uh, developing the music for... Move on, uh, you know, particularly songs like Reflections and, um, you know, I'll Make a Man Out of You. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, a Girl Worth Fighting For. There are not too many songs in the original Mulan, honestly. So that component of the film, um, you know, is something that may, may seem um, expendable uh, to the uninitiated. Uh, but, um, the it resonates those songs resonate so grandly throughout the rest of the score and jerry goldsmith was specifically instructed by the studio you have to use this the music from the the musical numbers in your score and he was very reluctant to do so and he made that known to matthew wilder uh in in a hilarious fashion uh he was he was a bit of a diva in his old age that jerry goldsmith um, but yeah, you, you do hear right off the bat in the original Mulan, the opening, um, I, I guess it's influenced by the, the first song we get in uh, Mulan, which is uh, um, Honor to Us All. What, 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 what's the official title? Do you know? <laughs> I think it is Honor to Us All. Honor yeah. to Us All. Yeah. Yeah. The... <laughs> Anyways, uh, which that actually sounds like the opening of... Uh, Peter Pan <laughs> opening Dun, notes. Oh, yeah. Man. <laughs> little Disney connection there. Um, no, amazing story. And, and Matthew Wilder's gone on to compose lots of music 
for well, he I, he was a composer on uh, Mulan two. Uh, oh, a Which, girl worth fighting for. Jillian just watched Mulan two with her nanny kids and oh. described the plot to me. Sounds kind of dope, actually. I've never yeah. seen it. What is it? Just give us like a three sentence summary. The three sentence summary is Mulan and Shang are engaged to be married. Something goes very wrong. The emperor's three daughters are on a journey to marry people of their own, but then I think fall for Yao and Ling and Po. So we <laughs> see all those characters get hitched and they fight bad guys. Like hmm. It sounds good. Sounds interesting. Sounds like a rom-com that I kind of am here I, for. I wanted there to be more of strengthened side characters. I was really hopeful when we got like cricket and those other people in the training camp to meet Mulan and then like they really I love seeing Jimmy Wong sorry to interrupt I no I was just gonna say they never really established them all that much they kind of just existed no yes yeah Yeah. well you have the original cast the Motley crew from the animated version uh Yao and um Po Chiempo and Ling and then they also have the new character Cricket uh, like <laughs> baby face dude. I mean, he, he, a great, I loved his character. Me he did kind of sound like he was reciting from a script when he's introducing himself, which is probably just due to like the character, the way the character's written. He's like very awkward. So he's like- Well, and the way it was filmed and directed, everything was awkward and weirdly paced. And it, yeah. they all just kind of stood there and looked at, or like scenes of character establishing chemistry where we're all sitting at the table and we're all having banter. And the way they'd awkwardly <laughs> throw in lines from the originals or from the- I, like, I was just, that someone would say that. I like my women buxom. Driving us crazy. It was like worse than, no, Jungle Book was worse. Like, well, no, I'm not even sure. Like, it's just, funny because oh, a lot of people praise yeah. Jungle Book and I'm just like, oh. I don't, I don't understand that. But like, oh, they just said a line. That's a lyric of a beloved song that now we're all thinking of and wishing we were watching instead of this. Um, yeah. But but Hong, Hong Hui is the new guy we should mention. He's the Shang stand-in. Well, yeah, like and and Jody and and you, I I, I want to hear your thoughts on this. But like you know, depart departures in storytelling. Like there's no Shang, and there's a new character, this witch. Mulan's character arc and journey is the same, but again, weirdly different, and I would say worse uh, than the original. Um, and a quick note about the music, because you just explained, you know, very well kind of uh, what was going on there. Yeah, there's so not having the songs, not having the lyrics, like if you want to not make it a musical and want to make it feel like more like this epic, you know, Chinese war movie or whatever. I was fully expecting to hear all of the all of the original songs instrumentally, hmm. but just in a snappier film and a snappier, clippier film with like snappier montages and you know snappier character banter and like uh, you know a more animated um just overall pace and feel yeah. to the film rather than there was sort of a, a Shyamalan aspect to it where scenes kind of just bumped into each other and things were slow and quiet mm -hmm. and subdued and then I don't know, just, yeah, it, it suffered from pacing issues to, to sum it up. Um, so, you know, I don't know, that's it. 
I think that comes like full circle because like the pacing was weird because they pulled out so many elements. It's like pulling out all these pegs in a puzzle and then realizing you have all these like empty spaces because like you pulled out all these parts and now you have to stick all these other parts in. So it's like they'd start filming and then be like, oh, but we got to reference the magic. Oh, we have to ma reference the witch. So I just felt like because they pulled so many things out, they had to push so many things back in. And that was kind of like the demise of the overall like flow of it probably. Well they just said. realized like they have to keep all these elements continuing because you can't bring up the witch once at the beginning and then not keep sticking her in mm -hmm. later on. You know, I, I kind of yeah. thought they were going to do that. Like the witch was a big deal in the opening scene. And I was like, oh, I guess she's not part of it anymore. And then all of a sudden, like there she is as a bird. And I was like, oh, okay, sure. There she is. Before we talk about the witch, what did you sure. think of the bathing scene? Which in the original animated <laughs> is hilarious and wonderful. And then in this one, is real weird and creepy. It's kind of cringy. I wrote on my thing, I was like, water moment weird. Like, that's my notes. <laughs> so that was like the extent of my thought process. I was if like, I well, at least this is something. It's like, at least Disney Plus is willing to, you know, give us a little spice. I could have used <laughs> a little more, but I mean, they're not going to show um, what's her name's buttocks in Splash. Uh, so they're, they're probably not going to do the same. They came close. They but wasn't the... this PG-13? Like they were pushing for this PG-13 rating with the violence. Mm -hmm. So why not just like be Daryl Hannah. Yeah, I, I mean, you can show buttocks in a PG-13 film, uh, which Splash was. It wasn't released under the Disney label um, when it- What's Splash? Uh, it's a movie with Daryl Hannah and Tom Hanks, uh, where Daryl Hannah plays a uh, mermaid and she falls in love with Tom There's Hanks. There's butts in it? Uh, yeah, I guess. I, Dude I butts thought, or chick butts? I thought there might have been more than just butts. but All right, uh, well, coming up next week on the Thodcast, we'll be talking about butts on the yeah. mermaid show. I've never seen it. Jody Review Splash. <laughs> the butt movie. What do you think of those boots, Jody? <laughs> We should definitely talk about Weird Splash. Weird and watery. But... <laughs> <laughs> Same as Mulan notes. See, when you said Splash, yeah. I was thinking Aqua Slash. And I, thought, I was like, that's on Disney Plus? No way. Um, but we haven't uh, even talked about Little Mermaid yet on here, which, I mean, that's getting its own live action. Uh, Ugh, let's talk about the original. I can tell from the vibe <laughs> of this one that we got to do the original instead. Getting in that, uh, that Rob Marshall uh, flavor. <laughs> um, who did uh, Mary Poppins Returns, the director of that, who's bringing us the uh, the Little Mermaid. Um, also, I got a oh. shout out, Mandy Walker. She was the cine cinematographer for Mulan and amazing work, I got to say. I, I love the shots, the colors and, and the, the vistas. It's just really stunning. Um, something that really wasn't fully... Um, captured in in the original um i guess to no, the extent here hang on i mean <laughs> there there was the the vistas in the original animated that's where you could that's where you could kind of tell you were watching the florida studios film i'm maybe oh, yeah? like i don't know i noticed more this time like where how this animated film felt how mulan felt maybe it had less of the uh grandiosity in the in, in the environments it had a lower budget than yeah you know some of the other features from that era you know the golden age or the 
is that what they call it? The Renaissance, the Disney Renaissance. I was about to say I liked the yellow goo planet they were on, but then <laughs> I changed my mind. I didn't because the whole time they were having that battle or encounter there, I was just wondering, is someone going to explain what this is? Like, okay. it's yellow. And so you're talking about the live action film now. Yeah, the live action film. I, I mean, I, I liked the cinematography here. Um, you know, Mandy Walker. Did, yeah, it was great, uh, obviously. Hidden Figures, Australia, Tracks. Um, I mean, they, sh- they uh, shout her out in the Bancroft podcast saying, like, she really kind of, you know, seemed to capture, or she must have referenced the um, uh, art of book for Mulan. And some of the concept art uh, in in the way some of these uh, landscape you know establishing shots were filmed. I wrote that too. I said that was the only reason I would want to see it in theaters is to kind of like see those big like yeah. you know you forget how diverse the landscapes are over in Asia. I don't know if they filmed this all in that one place that's really controversial right now, or if they mm. filmed it like across. The country but that was the one thing i watched it with my mom we were saying that it'd be really cool to see on the big screen we have a fairly mm-hmm. small tv so you couldn't really like grasp it all you know yeah. to kind of soak it in. they but didn't I film sorry i'm no. so sorry i interrupted they didn't film all of it there how much they filmed there no one is certain i've seen like i've seen they filmed a couple shots and then i've seen they filmed several scenes hmm. um and then a lot of it was actually filmed in new zealand um oh. so, yeah, yeah. And, Nikki Carroll is New Zealander, um, and also uh, Mandy Walker, the cinematographer, is Australian. Yeah, um, and I'm just to, I'll touch on the, the controversy, obviously, quick. Yeah, yeah just so the, people know, like it's a thing. Yeah, and you could. Yeah, I don't so, know that much about it. I didn't read about it till tonight after watching the movie. I had I had no clue. Okay, I think this is a fairly fair summary since I've I've read a, a couple articles and they all basically say the same thing. So Disney, in, at the end in the credits, they thank several government agencies, uh, specifically of certain locations, for allowing them to shoot there. Um, and audiences noticed, or some people noticed, that one of the places that they thank is a a, a province or area called I think it's Xinjiang, and that has recently become. Um, gained scrutiny uh, because the Chinese government has gone on a anti-extremist, um, has taken an anti-extremist stance. Um, and so they're putting uh, Turkic Muslim, Uyghur Muslim minorities, and, and they're putting them in detention camps, basically concentration camps, re- re-education camps. Um, and there's, a, up, there's as many as a million of these Muslim minority people in this particular province where they shot Mulan. And so some of the controversy is like, well, it is possible that, and well, so they thank, we thank this province that is doing this bad thing for letting us shoot there. And, you know, no one at this point, I think is, as I said, certain how much time was spent there. Uh, But some people are arguing that there's, it's highly likely that like they were escorted and transported like directly by some of these concentration camps and that they were fully aware of what was going on. And, you know, but Chinese relations with China and everything is just a whole can of worms right it now. Is a whole can of worms. I, woof, the only um, thing I even jotted down because you did a way better summary than I would have done is that like when you're a company as big and as rich as Disney and as monumental as Disney, like I'm sure they did do their research. And I just want to hope that they like didn't see that this was an issue at the time. And now like moving forward, they're going to take some steps to kind of rectify it because like either way on the spectrum if it was a little bit or a lot like 
Disney is such an influential corporation that it is important that they kind of, and I, it's hard in this world to like what's right and what's wrong, but kind of, you know, speak up and like kind of acknowledge these things that are happening in our world. Um, you'd, you'd like to hope, but yeah, like so with the NBA, if anyone speaks out against China in the NBA, suddenly all the NBA is canceled in China. It's this crazy. Like you said, it is a can of worms. And, and I'm with you. I agree. Like, sorry. No, no, I'm, I'm, I just think it's good that we touch on it because that was, that is a big conversation online now, just like there were so many big conversations about the, the lead actress, you know, before the movie even came out because these, these, these movies have a life, but then they have like a social media life as well. Like there's a movie cuties out right now. There's another movie, like all these movies come out and it's like yeah. the perception of these movies is sometimes even so much bigger than the actual movie. Do you know what I mean? I'd almost so want to like pull my hair out and just not do it anymore because like you can't win. Um, you know, I, cause full benefit. I, if I offer the full benefit of the doubt to like the director and the production team, they probably were just trying to make the best movie that they could. And then it comes out and, this happened. you know, maybe they didn't notice things or maybe they hadn't, you know, they're trying articles about, you know, yeah. Chinese audience saying like, we can tell you're trying to cater. And so you're trying to do all these things right. And in doing so you get more things wrong than you did in the original animated film, believe it or not. And it's just, you know, I don't like, it sounds like this, the social media aspect, the life that these films have, as you said, it's like, you ha you have to have like, I don't know, be able to just brush it off or something to be able to sleep at night. I mean, like, yeah, if I were, if I were director and I made a film and then all of a sudden, like a million things came up that I wasn't even, that weren't even on my radar. I just, I'd be sad. I'm, I don't know. No, That's no, it's, it's hard as a viewer these days because I feel like we have this extra weight on our shoulders, even just as a viewer or a consumer of something, we feel this responsibility now that we have to be you know have a higher standard or whatever like you're saying and like it is it's hard to sleep because you're like i even thinking about doing this podcast i was like well i want to talk about the movie but that means i have to let people know that like there's things wrong with the movie otherwise i'm not being true to myself and all of a sudden you're like wrapping yourself up in your own little like narrative so like if people want to read about it more they can but yeah I, I think it's good that we touched on it the more we just are ourselves we're just three dudes talking about a film. <laughs> like at the end of the day it's not you know, I. We, we don't need to take it that so out of uh, solidarity with the people of Xinjiang we are yes. boycotting the film Mulan and instead today reviewing cuties Flash. yes <laughs> reviewing cuties oh, God, um, no. we but, watched Mulan once now we're boycotting <laughs> this is um, a co-production with China it's got one of the biggest players in Chinese film industry executive producing the film Bill Kong is his name uh, he's been a producer on such tighter titles as um, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and Monster Hunt. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, they did do they did some of the filming in China, not a whole lot, uh, most in New Zealand. I'm guessing that's where they constructed the big round city structure because um, they just that's the scale of film that this is. They would just build these enormous sets. Um, you know, just the authenticity, which were historically inaccurate. We, well, yeah, the the circular city, the the Globe Theater from Shakespeare times. Um, yeah, that wasn't historically accurate to like. And this uh, is Mulan's like hometown, right? Her yeah. village. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the it's called a Tulu or something. But those were more prevalent in southern China, and um, Mulan is said to have come from northern China. 
So they just kind of picked that type of location based on you know, the aesthetics rather I than- liked, I liked like the circle thing because it really, to me, um, emphasized how important like their community, it's like it kind of made it like tight base, like a little nest. And in a community like that, your reputation and your honor would be such a big deal. Like the matchmaker kind of calling out to everyone, like dishonor on your family. That would be <laughs> in a community like that, even today, like a little round neighborhood like that. So I thought yeah. it was kind of cool that they did it that way because then everyone can see the matchmaker. It's not some square where there's anything blocking. They all get to see this thing happen. Oh, and they all get to see when Mulan's father falls when he's receiving the knife. It's just like oh, that yeah. community feeling yeah. with the circle. I thought it was good because it amplified the, the shame and the honor type thing. That's probably in- exactly what their mindset was, mm-hmm. what yeah. you just articulated. Uh, another little thing about stupid little things that made the movie like inferior overall, I guess, where like when they, they ride into the town and they go, they're, we're conscripting you and here and now I'm going to say the names of all the people and the guy on the horse just starts saying the names from memory. <laughs> and I was like, huh. And in the animated film, and Jillian like sent me a snap of it when she was watching it with the nanny kid later, she's like, they come to town, they deliver the emperor's edict, and then the guy pulls out a list and starts reading off the list. It's like, those are the little details that mm-hmm. kind of just made it make things seem not inauthentic, like not real. Um, I, I, I actually... Guess. No, no, I was just gonna say the magistrate or whoever he was who came in without the scroll. I even wrote, I was like, how would they remember all these things without the internet? Like, I was like, this guy must have been smarter than we thought he was in the first movie because I was thinking the same thing. I was like, this guy like travels 200 miles on horseback and then he can remember if one family doesn't walk up. I was thinking to myself, I was like, if no one would have walked up for Mulan's family, like how would they have even ever known and of yeah. course it's more ingrained than that it's that personal honor and true to yourself mm-hmm. or whatever yes. not true to yourself true just in general they use the word true but they're meaning honest kind of throughout the movie yeah, yeah. And i thought the same thing as you i was like why doesn't he have like his phone pulled up for this list Unity. like this is weird <laughs> i don't remember that detail honestly who, who was reading the list was it the sergeant guy or was it no not it was in this uh, movie. donnie it was james, jim, james hong um oh. that character oh. well what is his character analog in this version? Uh, there's uh, just a guy on a horse, as far as okay. I remember, with like yeah. a and a magistrate. Is that what they call it? Okay, did they call him the magistrate. They might. Have. I thought that they did. Sure. But, so he's not one of the main characters, though. No. No. Okay. No. He and I. I thought it was like a a traveler from the imperial city delivering the news. Okay. Guy. So magistrate, you'd think would be someone who like lives in town. It, yeah, it could be someone local up wearing armor on a horse. So. Well, no, he can't be local because if he was local, he would have, you know, just opened up his door and shouted out to the people of the village. You know, why would he be in full armor on a horse if he wasn't like uh, traveling? Well, relatively, maybe like a regional because like Uh, I'm guessing, yeah, you know, most of this takes place in northern China where they aren't traveling, you know, on the scale of thousands of miles to you know, come to the aid of the- But they show all these different landscapes. So it looks like they're literally traveling like across the entire country. Cause it's like desert, bamboo yeah. forest, mountain ridge, desert, bamboo forest, you know? Yeah, it's so long distances. Of- yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Further than I'd go. And then, well, then she has detail. to go find the training camp on her own. She like just, you know, after she takes her father's armor and leaves the cliff, which I thought was super cute. She did that in the first movie. Mm-hmm. She- gets on a horse and just rides off alone. Yeah. Who knows where? 
What was Maybe it? it was in the little scroll, but like when she was saying, I think we're lost, I'm like, thank God, because like I would have been. I was like, this is a realistic moment for her. And then the Phoenix, I think, guides the way, right? Her. The uh, well, yeah, I, I thought. Yeah, don't forget the phoenix. I, I did like the I already apple. <laughs> that that was some nice texture to the film, like the fact that she's, you know, on her last legs, really, just in this opening act. Um, and and yeah, like just showing that level of desperation was kind of kind of cool. I mean, evocative certainly of her plight. Um, and yeah, the phoenix character is interesting. Like. Um, I don't know the 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 portrayal of the dragon character in, in the original wasn't very authentic to the way dragons are depicted in China because they're supposed to be big and regal and you know more respectable and instead Mushu is like this little dwarf lizard. I did just read an article about how that's a real thing. Um, I don't know. Yeah, it's an article. I I don't know, but it was written by a, a Chinese person from China. So, is that know. why they chose to have the phoenix be the kind of mascot of the family, the ancestor of the family? Because with dragons, there's more rules or more I, like I expectation. Or did I, they just I, like the phoenix because of the analogy of it breaking and like fire and flames, and now it's even better than it was probably maybe. Yeah, I mean that works pretty well symbolically with the film. Um, I was kind of glad to see that you know, they didn't go so far as to like have Mulan transform into the Phoenix at the end. It's like it's, like it's her all well, along. That's my question. <laughs> so if we hop to the beginning of this movie, I'm yeah. hoping everyone listening has seen it. At the beginning, when she's a young child, maybe nine or ten, she already has like a warrior skill set and like magic powers. Oh yeah, she's got maybe. it all right away. So she has this already at the beginning. She's a Jedi slash superhero. (laughs) Yeah, whatever she whatever she possesses, this like supernatural type thing, she has it at the beginning. She kind of loses sight of it in her young adulthood. She gains this confidence back with it in the middle. And I didn't know if they're trying to like parallel her with the witch. So like, is she? It can could she turn into a phoenix like the way the witch can? Like, are they supposed to have this similar like? person are they supposed to both have this yeah. power this spirit or something if if she practiced her chi powers enough she'd be able to do those Turn into a crazy things. yeah that oh. the witch does um, so weird that's implied you know and, and yeah like during that opening scene where she's chasing around the chickadee china the chinese chicken um and then she does the little i mean catching herself midair uh, you know was kind of cool and it was like oh she's yeah. like a skilled warrior and then like the stick pops out and lands just right in her hands and i was like oh yeah you're uh embellishing yeah, yeah. here a little bit. yeah 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 it's like <laughs> we the were... scene well last week or sorry we didn't come out with an episode last week but uh our last episode uh, quest for camelot there's oh. a scene when kaylee is training on her own and like she chucks this a spear or a pitchfork or whatever out a pile of hay instead of just like bullseyeing the pile of hay it like bounces off a whole bunch of things and like a, a slings off of a rope it's like this crazy stunt and you see something similar here and i think that when they made the movie or when they were writing the script they viewed this magic as like a paprika moment for it like but it for me it was a distraction from the story i it could have t- take out the magic for me and it would have been i yeah. mean equal equally good movie and they probably could have saved money on some of those um editing things that they did couldn't have said it better myself i i like the chi bit honestly oh, um, those kind of mystical 
uh, plot lines really suck me in. It, it reminds me of the character from Rogue One. You see a recurring uh, cast member from the fellow Disney property, Star Wars, with Donnie Yen uh, as Commander Tung. Sort of the Li Shang character got split into two characters, and one's the mentor figure in Donnie Yen, and the, the other's um, Hong Hui, played by Yosan An. Um, but yeah, I, I uh, really like those characters that kind of blur the lines between, you know, just brute skill and, and so, some sort of mystical quality. Um, it just adds some, I don't know, some extra. But this was <laughs> insane giant sleeve magic. It, this it wasn't, wasn't like. It wasn't even magic magic because I wrote, I think Philip will like the magic Elsa yeah. style. Uh, but the magic isn't even really that magic. It's more like just really good fighting skills. So like, it's not, it's, it's weird because it's magic, but it's not like all out magic. That, it, that a lot of people scratched their heads. They were like, okay, so you've got chi, which is a traditional Chinese concept, but you've blown it way out of like what it ever kind of is supposed to be. Um, yeah, yeah, and probably. someone, someone said, you know, change chi to the force and change Mulan to Ray, and you have a Force Awakens reskin where. Yeah, are you no. saying Mulan is a bit of a, a Mary Sue? I, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. You said it. Would you say it wasn't me. no? Uh, no. I well, it does establish that she she's very tra- like she's constantly training as a young kid apparently, and so she, yeah, she would have some natural skill, but yeah, it just gets to the point of just utter um savant like mastery that you know it, it does activate a special chi power her pineal gland is especially enlarged uh, and is, is able <laughs> connecting her to her you know her that got the, that the third eye power energy <laughs> it's it, what what some people refer to as the third eye connecting you know the individual with the spirit world and yeah would if you develop it enough, you're capable of, you know, transport, you know, becoming a transfiguration or Harry Potter, woo woo crap. Um, and I, I kind of dig stuff like that in movies. And, and I'm not saying I don't. Um, and I guess, I'll guess I'll just say this, have it telling a story where someone is born with extraordinary powers and then just has them, has the extraordinary powers. They still need an arc where they kind of need to develop that. I think that's important, but it's like so yeah you can have a story about a character who has extraordinary powers but the story of mulan and in the original mulan was not that story and i think they would have it would have served this story better if they had followed the original arc mulan's original arc more closely dawson yeah you you at last time we spoke about this i think said that you had a little knowledge about the the ballad of mulan in that version does she have some type of mystical magical no, she just, she has martial skill. Okay. Um, I didn't she, know if maybe yeah. that came from the original, original version of this. No. And that was another thing I, I read, not to keep saying. Another thing I read, but another thing I read was <laughs> well, like the way, the way this one, people were pretty disappointed in how it like cherry picked. And there were lines from the ballad that like people kind of threw out just they were like throwaway lines like about the rabbits and stuff mm-hmm. where people were like, well, that's like, that's like a really big, powerful, profound thing in the original ballad. And you had a character kind of just throw it away. Um, so no, there's, there's not, and that's not to say that you couldn't like, you can't whatever. Um, anyway, no, the short answer is no. <laughs> Got it. No. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I thought that the mystical stuff was sort of in keeping with the prevailing beliefs in this time. You know, you go back to ancient times and it's just so far back that it doesn't really matter how you're not going to tell an accurate story in in sort of a cinema veritas type of fashion dating back to like the fourth century ad so, for our listeners I, what is a cinefinarius what kind of tree is this like what like trying to be absolutely um you know true to reality as it happened because you can the, get darn close i don't know yeah i You don't need to, and you don't need to, but anyway, sorry. Some of the like reality type things that I did like in the movie that I thought I liked seeing live action style was the military training scenes. I, as a kid, obviously did not care like about flipping sticks around or the the training that must have gone into this, Mm. but watching this movie about how they're preparing for battle, all these men and women, woman, (laughs) all all these people preparing for battle. I do feel like watching it gave me a real sense of appreciation for how warfare must have been before Mm. you know guns and anything like that because i'm not i'm not someone who watches fighting movies at all like i i could probably name none i can't think of any so watching this i really felt like how brave they had to be like battling face to face and really training their bodies to be able to handle all these points of contact so this live action Mm. version of those scenes i really liked and usually that's something i wouldn't care for at all but it i thought those parts were pretty good when they're all out there Kind of training together that was probably yeah. really good for me I thought. yeah it kind of it seemed it cut there was the oh, there was the scene of them doing the sword drill mm-hmm. and i got the sense that they filmed one long they had one shoot day where they filmed sword drill where they were all doing it like well and then it cut between that to like an evolution of sucking at training to getting better at training so, but like the, the arc of sucking at training to getting better at training was intercut with like the same shot of them all being really good at the sword drill. So that kind of confused me and, and threw mm-hmm. me off as to like the progression. And I, I, I very much missed the, um, the, you know, the whole idea of the four ounces can a thousand pounds. I'm sorry, I'm butchering the phrase, but they... Four ounces can something can overthrow a thousand yeah, pounds. Yeah, it's or like whatever. saying when used correctly, like or when mm. when directed correctly, four ounces has the ability to move a thousand pounds. What kind of Mulan, like a river carving a mountain type thing. Yeah, and apparently what Mulan did in the original with those weights to climb up to the top of that using her wits and intelligence, that's a literal manifestation apparently of that like riddle in oh, but they then instead have of that. I, I missed that a lot. I, I liked the mountain scene. It kind of reminded me of Moana. There's a scene where she runs up a hill and whatever. But, um, oh, that would have been such an easy swap out to keep that metaphor more accurate. Huh. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I forgot if, all about that scene. <laughs> if in the that, original. yeah, training sequence from the original is even practical as like a stunt. I, I mean, you can do anything nowadays with you know, visual effects and so forth. But um, yeah, she just sort of lifts the water, you know, with by aligning her chakras or whatever. Yeah, Don, Donnie Yen, I mentioned he is a, a character from, here he plays a character from Star Wars, Chirrut Imwe, if you haven't seen that. Uh, one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. Certainly. If you've seen Rogue One and remember any of those characters' names, I applaud you. Chirrut Imwe, I love Rogue One. It's It's one of the, my all-time favorite, one of my all-time favorite uh, movie-going experiences, definitely. Um, nice. But that's just personal 
the opinion. I do need to see it again. It's mm-hmm. been too long. But yeah, he's sort of a character that exists on the threshold of, you know, Jedi versus um, just a normal muggle. <laughs> Jedi um, muggle. Yeah, yeah. He's he's right on the uh, you know on the edge, um, and he's blind. But uh, yeah, what else could we get into here? Um, I'm running out. Yeah, I'm <laughs> well, out. my other notes of things. I mean, we didn't really. I mean, well, we did dig into the witch, but her. I guess because they put her in there, I feel like they should have just like established her storyline a little more. Like if you're going to have her in there, but I mean, I do kind of like that feminist tone of you know she can be like super super strong, but she's still going to be technically a dog mm. in comparison to the man. So I like that she kind of broke free of that at the end. I don't think it was necessary for the movie, but whatever. Uh, and she broke free and then she kind of like gave that liberation and that affirmation to Mulan, obviously. I don't understand why she couldn't catch the arrow that was coming for her because literally everyone <laughs> else in the whole other movie could catch an arrow. So that made no sense to Thank me. Thank you for bringing that up. But whatever, I guess the witch idea, like it was an idea and there was feminism with it. it so uh, there we go. <laughs> call, calls to mind uh future spoiler for our, our uh, upcoming tenant episode uh but um yeah the i don't know you, you've got the villain characters jason scott lee he was um the original live action mowgli from disney's 1994 jungle book uh i thought he was an interesting villain um but yeah they're not given a whole lot of substance as far as backstory um I, I live action jungle book from 1994 yeah yeah the characters don't talk i don't think they, or, do, I think. they do they have like narration. oh no i loved this movie when i was in preschool and i forgot it existed I'm <laughs> the animals the, the wolves stand there panting like real okay. yep 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 oh my gosh <laughs> wow yep. blast to the past bori khan i remember that amazing yeah the animals stand there like just like looking like animals panting and then there's voiceover of their lines it's kind of mm-hmm. hilarious budget okay. cuts <laughs> <laughs> yeah they didn't we weren't quite up to babe standards uh the uh, donnie yen moment where mulan's expelled i thought was good like it wasn't overblown with the oh you're a woman you must be we're going to murder you because that's how patriarchal we are. It was more Um, about lying. Like, yeah, yeah. I liked that too. That was one of my little things in here. The deception was the real deceit. They established that with the one character, um, wait, way hung, hung way. I who spilt his his water running. Yeah. Long way. (laughs) The, the actor's name is Vincent Fang. Um, yeah, he got the he drew the short straw and had to play the character that gets kicked out in the training. And, you know, um, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah, him, the poor, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, the, these were very forgettable, you know, side characters in this this time around. Uh, and it I, all could have been great. Like, yeah. they could have got moments. They could have had witty dialogue. Sorry, yeah, Joey. Yeah, I think if you're going to like dumb down everyone else you really have to make the lead strong do you know what i mean like they could have had all the characters stay how they did but like made mulan like more animated more emotional more whatever but because she was kind of stoic 
throughout. Like you, it's like you, both sides were lacking. So I think they should have just either had a really strong backup cast or a really strong like lead. I'm not saying she's a bad actress. Maybe that was her direction to go on. It was just not. And like I said, when we started this podcast, had she been the narrator or had a song or two or something where she could express her inner thoughts, it probably would have been a totally different movie for me at least. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, we had lots of homages to music uh, from yeah. from the soundtrack of the original, uh, but I I feel like they could have done a lot more. Um, you know, the "Man Out of You" song is is a little poppy. I don't know if it fits that great tonally with what they were going for in this film, but there are some moments in that song where it really gets you in the tingles, like. The moment where he's talking about, you know, mysterious as the dark side of like that little musical phrase always stood out to me as being very like catchy, um, yeah. very kind of romantic and I don't know, uh, epic. And the key change is stirring like every there's. Yeah, yeah. Key apparently song. these songs are, are very difficult to sing or at least reflections is a very difficult song to perform. Jody, are you familiar that's just um, something music people like to say to sound technical. And well, you guys do sing-alongs at your events, right? Yeah, but these actors are like million-dollar-paid actors. They can learn how to sing reflection, like get a vocal cord. Like, but do you uh, have you ever sung it? I am not paid millions of dollars, first of all. But like, I can, I can, I can hum my way through and speak, sing my way through it. I think they could. We're all gonna sing it. Check. Right One, now, two. Joey. Starting Joey. with I hit the mute. Starting with the who is that girl? Yeah, yeah. That's the only part I know. Let's all start on a different note, just to really like throw. Make them think it's jazz. Just everyone pick oh. a note and go. Double time barbershop triplet. <laughs> who who, who is, that girl? is that girl? I see. All right. I, I I don't get the timing I hope he's though. Doing well. The the various versions all have weird, like they're just sort of. I don't know if it's arbitrary the way that they're phrasing the lyrics to the song. Cause it's like, how long are you supposed to hold on each individual? No, I, I feel like Christina Aguilera does one thing, you know, Leah, Leah Saidu or what's her name? Leah Salonga. Hot take. I don't care what Christina Aguilera <laughs> does with the song. <laughs> I, I do like Yifei Lu is the actress who plays Mulan. I love hearing the Chinese version at the end. That was yeah, awesome. She did a great job. Oh, in the credits, I didn't listen. Mm -hmm. They sing it. They do sing it at the very end of this. Yep. Oh well, I missed that. Well, for people who are listening, watch the end. I didn't hear it. You can find it on YouTube, I'm sure. I I think she's a fine actress, Yifei Lu. She's I mean, she's very pretty. Um, beautiful. But she, I think works in disguise as a guy fairly well um i, oh, I feel yeah. i was gonna ask jody and, and you that yeah. what did you think of like all those folks there not not picking up on i didn't oh another thing oh. i really liked the scenes where she was like trying to sleep and they were all rolling around on each other hmm. and how they kept saying that she smelled bad and needed to take a shower i thought yeah. that was pretty good well jody fell down oh oh did we lose Jody? Nope, we're good. All my, right. my dog was trying to like sing along and I had to mute myself. But uh, I think that if I was a man, I would recognize her as looking like a woman. I think she has a feminine face, not to say that like one type of face is more feminine. But even the way she speaks, 
But then again, if you're dirty and sweaty and mm-hmm. wearing armor and your hair's pulled back and you're not wearing makeup, mm-hmm. who's going to question it? I don't really know. I, I kind of wish they would have had her cut all her hair off because I feel like that was that big like moment in the first mm-hmm. one. But I mean, mm-hmm. I think she pulled it off fine looking like a male. And I, I don't think like a lot of the guys in the military were supposed to be like the brightest bulbs in the box. I think they're yeah. supposed to be like military type guy not i i missed my 80s synth and midi drums during that sequence where she cuts her hair oh yes the best part of the movie (laughs) he leaves her clip behind though they they did that based off of the first one i think held the hair back and it was pretty cool when she comes out after the avalanche scene which i liked the avalanche scene i i liked the fireballs flying everywhere i thought that was really cool um, but mm-hmm. when she comes out and her hair is down and her dress is loose and she's kind of walking through this like snowy fog, that was pretty, pretty cool moment. I, I have, I have issues with that battle scene that aren't, no one needs to care three about. Three sentences. Uh, they know the, three. <laughs> uh, trebuchets. Bad. Well, the witch, she employed turns into, improperly. She turns into the crabbine from Dunland. The crabbine from Dunland. Yes. Uh, and, oh yeah okay so in three sentences but those are bats i think actually. so they're all sitting there oh yeah so he quotes sun Tzu about you know the army who attacks first has the advantage so they decide to move and not wait in a defensive position but then the Rorans come upon them just standing there in the open without defenses yeah and they don't go into shield walls until the gal turns into crows so, and then they have a trebuchet, which is literally only meant for destroying fortifications, not for employment against infantry. And they start hurling, yeeting fireballs at, at, the, at the army. It just in, because in, in, I watch a lot of medieval analysis and like historical battle analysis on YouTube mm-hmm. or whatever. So I know more than the average person. If people don't need to have an opinion on it's if the average person doesn't hate that battle scene, that's fine. I can understand if they liked it, but for just a variety of like military, it, medieval military yeah. reasons, and medieval is a the wrong it, word to use. It seems like yeah, 400, it fits here. Four hundreds AD, yeah, that's medieval. Yeah, early early medieval. Period. They had trebuchets. I mean, I don't know if that was historically accurate or not, but well, oh, actually, hot, good point. Um, I think I could be wrong about this. The first trebuchet was built by Edward Longshanks, and it was called the War Wolf. Um, and that would have been in England in uh, like 1194. So no trebuchets, <laughs> well, probably. But I could be wrong. Who knows about China? But they, um, I, I thought it was weird that like they spun the whole trebuchet just to get, you know, the few ostensibly okay i'm not crazy yeah thank you for noticing yeah. and thinking that was silly that was i laughed out loud we're gonna spin the how the avalanche started in the original the animated mulan Did she, she like... shoots the firework at it the rocket the cannon oh, and this again, is like something they should have just done right right yeah. Good the point. the reveal of the of the huns was so epic how she took him down was so clever like showed her cleverness and resourcefulness Ooh. Sorry. And she can't even pass it off as like a, a judo thing where she used the enemy's momentum against her in the original. It was directly her hand that lit the, uh, well, she uses Mushu to light the dragon <laughs> cannon and shoot it at the avalanche. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I don't know. So she's kind of more directly involved in the slaughter uh, in the in the original. Not 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 that that matters. But like, yeah, it's kind of. I mean, at least they brought back the imagery of the avalanche in this one, which um, I wasn't sure they'd do, and I, I thought it worked all right. Um, but yeah, the a little flimsy logic as to how they got there. I thought, you know, how, was she able to pick up that many? I guess she has chi power. She can pick up and carry as many helmets on her horse as she wants. <laughs> um, it's just kind of like another disconnect. Sometimes I don't like doing the thought cast because we have to dissect it. And then I go, oh yeah, none of that makes any sense. Because I'm more of a passive oh, no. consumer of movies. I'm more like, oh, like, yeah, she put up some helmets for decoys. And now I'm like, but where did the helmets actually come from? You know how she put those mm -hmm. helmets up on the rocks for yeah. them to like start shooting yeah. at? Well, that makes no sense. You're Where'd you get 16 helmets? Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Fridge logic actually doesn't affect me that much. I usually come up with ways to, to lampshade, things, you know, to, to, make, to fill in the gaps and the plot holes that other people might point out. Like I, I try to come up with creative ways to resolve those. Um, and in this case, like, yeah, who, sure, she, she carried, you know, 16 helmets in a sack or something, you know. But she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, she has uh, hyperspace pockets. Uh, so, She's a master fighter. Yeah, I, I like the whole, um, back to the cinematography and stuff, like the hot springs were cool. You know, Dawson, you thought it was like That's a goo, what goo they planet. were. The, the yellow, okay, yeah. They were, they were very yellow. And I don't remember, I, I always think of hot springs as being like a turquoise teal blue. And she so, was out on that like icy slate you know, covering over the hot water, the boiling acid. Um, and I, I, it looked like ice, but I think that's like calcified sulfur that's cracking up. Um, did she okay. ever fall in? I, I don't think she did. I don't did. think so. Yeah, because I think if she did, she'd like... You missed the part where she fell in and then the witch was like, so at last I have defeated Mulan. <laughs> but then she rises in a mud tornado and her eyes are glowing blue. And then yeah. you missed that. I, I mean, I don't know if it would be hot Just enough kidding. to kill a person, but um, yeah, the implication is that it's, you know, dangerous temperatures. Um, but yeah. So that's where like dinosaur fossils could be found it's in those the, like mud pits. The elephant graveyard. Yeah, pits, the elephant graveyard. Okay, here's a big question I have now, now that I'm reliving that part too. And you were just talking about the witch or whatever. Could the witch not have just killed the emperor like any time? <laughs> As the birds? Well, the emperor also- Oh, the has, emperor, sorry, emperor. He, the, the, well, what, what did you call him? <laughs> well, whoever, like couldn't yeah. she have killed anyone she wanted at any time, I guess would have been well, my question. Yeah, the, the emperor, played by famed martial arts actor Jet Li, uh, does have chi abilities as well. Like you see him use the, the cool like curtain uh, lasso uh, effect while he's fighting. It's kind of those, he, he's obviously very skilled. Um, so she, she probably won't be able to just assassinate him super easily. But I think it was also important that Bori but she can Khan. go inside people's bodies. She could have like yeah. gone inside his best friend and like then just stabbed him. Yeah, yeah. didn't she 
she warned someone she i something weird funky happened she makes a turn part way through um and like right away in the beginning though she like isn't she it disguised as someone she warns the emperor of the invading that's Rorans. Right. Mm-hmm. yeah the witch still serving the Rorans goes to the emperor and says the Rorans are coming and then walks away and turns back into the witch and is all smiling because she did something devious slash dumb i can't and maybe that was to start the whole distraction of these battles happening over here so that the imperial city would be less protected or something maybe that was the overall that might have been that might have been it exactly i've only seen it once so i'm not totally exactly sure with all the plots i just the witch thing i'm still trying to pull together all her little strings from the little chunks she's bori khan had a vendetta against the emperor so if the witch had assassinated him she you know he wouldn't have you know kept his alliance with her um and yeah the i guess part of the deal was that she would be protected and people practicing these you know forbidden uh practices um would would be protected under his rule um yeah i i don't know um maybe he should have taken over as emperor maybe he wouldn't have been so bad um no but I, I thought Jason Scott Lee, like he made for a memorable portrayal, at least. Um, you know, he's, he's a good actor. I don't know, everything about this film was pretty competent, but there just wasn't a lot that really stood out extraordinarily. Uh, Fair. It was just, I think, I feel bad every time we watch a live that it's almost like you kind of end it with like, it was a movie and, <laughs> and it, it was like worth watching, but like it wasn't like a necessary movie yeah. to be made, you know? I, I don't know. I know we never... But I enjoyed parts of oh. it. Like like I said, tried to stick to some of the things I liked. But overall, like if I hadn't seen it, I wouldn't feel like I missed out on something. I agree. Um, I know you guys, I think, already talked about the live action Aladdin. And I missed it because I was in a pretty like, I don't care about these movies anymore phase. And I just like, I didn't, I just, I didn't, I didn't want to get hurt. So I didn't watch it for a long time. But then we did. I, we <laughs> watched it right after we watched Mulan. Um, and... Yes. Yeah, so oh, the feeling after these live movies is like they just, yeah, they're like, they're just lacking. And like, why would you watch this one over the original? The, the Aladdin, when Aladdin and Jasmine get to his house and they start talking to each other, I was like, wow, these characters are talking to each other and they're saying interesting things and they have really cool chemistry. They're both very good actors. They're both very attractive. I was like, Jillian is live action Aladdin as attractive as animated Aladdin. And she goes, you know, yeah. <laughs> and I, that, what a Jasmine. Um, and so they, the, just the chemistry and the things they were saying, and she picks up the, like the Oud, the Arabian instrument and is like mm. toying mm-hmm. with it. And then they run through the city and they like, so the things were like the same as the original, but not worse. They were different in a, like in a different charming way. And how like, I couldn't believe how how different and not worse uh, uh, Will Smith was as the genie. Yeah, like he was different in a charming, interesting. When they got to the castle and how he's like offering his gifts to the Sultan, <laughs> and there and the genie keeps saying all these like side like you know tone it down on the jams and everything like and <laughs> yeah i remember that together was so good was and hilarious. then when jasmine says like wh- who, what do you want to buy and aladdin says you 
that's the funniest moment in like any Disney. I thought that was just hysterical. Like, it's good that you're saying that though, because it shows that live actions can be done better. Do you know what I mean? In comparison, it's, it's, it's not that they're a stupid idea, like never do right. live, but that there is a special element that you need to bring into it so that it can be different yet the same. That's what, yes, that's exactly how Aladdin surprised me because that was the first film to like really prove that you could do that. Cinderella, I think, did it well too. But Aladdin like really proved that you could keep the songs, keep the things, but make it live action and then and had added a unique spin that is like, that pays an homage to the original, but just does, does something. So that instead of, I okay, eventually I stopped while watching it Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I had the greatest sentence in my head. No, not the greatest sentence, but just an articulate one. While I was while I was watching it, I stopped remembering what was happening in the original and mm. thinking about the original, and I was just invested in what was happening in the moment. Right. Sure. Um, I really liked, you know, the 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 handmade girl that Jasmine. You know, that wasn't in the original, yeah. but it, instead of being worse than the original, it was this new and interesting thing with especially with the genie and you have Aladdin and the genie like lying down having bro pillow talk and Jasmine and the handmaid having girl pillow talk, you know, juxtaposed side by side. Yeah. Just really fun human things. Like they, cause you, you're at, you're upping the human element. So up the human element, like let's yeah. anyway. The original Aladdin, well, sorry, I, I was just going to okay. say it's like the ultimate film that takes advantage of what animation can do. Uh huh. And I was and I was shocked that like the CG animation worked as well as it did too because that was another reason it succeeded was like all the the CG and yeah from, like, I mean I feel like you have to you have to do something different if you want to bring that story to live action. Uh, but yes. Jody, you were gonna say Jody, something. yes. No, I was just gonna say that might just be like that big obstacle, like Dawson just said, like you want to be able to watch a movie and just like not really compare it, just immerse yourself into that story, and maybe that's like the overall big problem with these live actions is like in your head you're even before the movie begins you're already mm -hmm. like comparing to the first yep. so how can you really dive in even if you're trying to intentionally dive into this new one if your brain keeps pulling you back and comparing so it is a difficult thing to overcome for these live actions right off the bat because if Mulan if we had never seen the original maybe we would have liked this one a lot oh. more do you know what I mean like maybe but maybe. we can't know because we already have our perception of the first one where it's like you said with luckily with Aladdin you were able to kind of let go of that comparison feeling and really dive in yeah. and also they kept the songs so that yes that and did them Will Smith was Absolutely. so cool with those songs I loved it was it. great Alibaba like they there were the camels there was the piles of gold like it was all there and it was all real and it was and then just and it was the same only slightly different and not worse like yeah and so that's what I was, I was ready for, yeah. you know, Ling and Poe and Yao, like in live action and, you know, the hardcore training and like watching Mulan's arc unfold, like in a human, we get to like zoom in on a human face and watch like humans say these lines. And like, so it's, it's the same story, but just put in a, in a grittier, more human world. And then in, yeah. in the end, it was like, still, it was weird, weirdly fantastical. Yeah. The arcs were different and then not and not equal well you got magic i have little might as well have music yeah take mushu out and leave the music maybe would be a good compromise you know um, i don't envy these people who are given these projects i think i'd much rather work on a brand new script where you can yeah just uh, 
be more authentic and not worry about the preconceptions of like yeah. what the movie might be. So, I mean, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't really have anything else to say about that part of it. Yeah. Jackie Chan did do dialogue and singing for Li Shang um, in both the Cantonese and Mandarin dub of Mulan, the original Mulan. <laughs> yeah. Jackie Chan, what language do you want to sing in? Yes. All. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yes. I, I thought this movie would have worked well subtitled too. I mean, yeah, I'd agree with that. I, yeah, China, I mean, the weird dynamic is how Disney's c- trying to court China so heavily with this film. And they even did that with the original as well. And it didn't pay off. And it doesn't seem to have paid off here. Like the box office returns on this film haven't been standout. Um, so it's kind of like, trying to hit on that one girl in high school who just, you know, isn't, <laughs> she's not catching on. The more you try, the less she's interested. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The more you try to do or do not. Kung Fu Panda is a runaway success in China. Yeah, and those films were co-productions with- I can't wait for the live China. actions. jungle book where it's just a panda and then dawson's doing a voiceover no it's not a panda it's just jack black yeah. <laughs> like he's in, just, he's in black and white face panda face i think i've said enough as i want to say about the new mulan film watch it don't watch it i don't care no one <laughs> the like, review of the century watch it or don't really yeah. No one can live your life. I I thought that she and Hong Hui were due for like an epic makeout at the end. I was like, give us something, movie. That got yeah. cut. But what if you <laughs> it did it did, they filmed it. <laughs> what but was like it? what if you fell in love and this is not like a sexuality thing or at all, but like we're like if you're straight and you fall in love you if I were to meet someone as a female, presenting as a female, and then like it was a male, it like you also might need to go to like counseling and therapy for a while before making out too. Like it's, it's a weird thing. Like it's a weird, it, that's a weird thing. Like yeah. I don't even like when Brian lies about like what grocery store he went to. Not that he lies, but like someone telling you like, oh, I'm a guy. Like, yeah. Right, it's, it's, it's like the Keanu Reeves. Um, oh gosh. Uh, speed. Um, oh, what's her name? The, the she's what? wonderful, wonderful actress. Um, uh, anyways the um romances based on intense scenarios sandra bullock oh um, oh yeah um, yeah that that whole thing where you know sure in the moment you have intense feelings and they're they're warriors and you know should we use that as a way to propel this you know firestorm romance uh, but at the same time much of a firestorm it they're, I, but they're yeah. warrior like she's full of chi she's these are very powerful individuals like Girl, they sh- they could have an interesting dynamic between the two of them just on the fact that they're they just saved the kingdom so well, in the original they did like what i what i assume was happening in the original was that like shang just like he's bonding with all of these men and and developing a str- and he like really admires Mulan above all the men probably and is like this is a great warrior like this is a true friend this is everything and I might be like 
getting feminine vibes. Like he probably was like picking up on her femininity like subconsciously and then going like, but no, I mean, she's a, she's a man, whatever. So then yeah. the moment when she's revealed, it's like, well, first of all, then he's got to be like, well, now I need to like banish you, but holy crap, like you're a woman. Like I loved you as a man. Now I love you as a woman and I need to banish you. Like talk about a storm of emotion. And that could have been a cool, I was, I would have liked to see Shang in the live action. I'm done talking about, <laughs> I didn't, I'm tired of talking. I'm sorry. Jody and Philip, you can keep talking. I'm gonna oh, just, yeah. I, 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 I went through literally all my notes. Like, I don't know what order I went in, but I, I covered it all. Um. <laughs> I, I guess the most gratification I got from this film came from like the, the savant syndrome plot line of Mulan and like her um, inability to really fit in because of like the risk that she's just too good. <laughs> um, and what, what happens at the end? Does she ultimately accept the position with the emperor? I, they I leave feel it like, open-ended. Yeah. Yeah. She doesn't flat out deny it. That's um, always fun. Having yeah. a movie where you can kind of like keep wondering. Yeah. I don't know. I, um, uh, with the exception of that one with the island where they spin the little thing at the end and you don't know if they're in a dream. Inception. inception. Ooh, yeah. They pulled an inception on us, but not quite as intense. But but I thought the ending was good. Last point. Uh, this is in sort of the wuja action martial arts genre of films, uh, typically Chinese language films like Ang Lee's Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and so forth. And a lot of times these movies have some interesting stunts and, and what I consider bizarre choices in including um, stunts using harnesses and wire work and things like that. And to me, when I watched Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, I was put off by some of those stunts, not because they were defying physics, but because it looked so obvious that they were being suspended by wires and harnesses. Don't you agree? I, I can say that about this one. I have not seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Okay. But yeah, in this, when they started running up walls, I was like, harnesses, wires. Yeah, I, I, it, didn't, it didn't bother me as much here because I feel like they cut away from it before it, it really broke the suspension. Um, but I like it when they handle that a little more gracefully. Um, I'm okay, you, you can make, you know, tremendous Jedi leaps in the air as long as you do it in sort of a parabolic arcing fashion. <laughs> um, but yeah, one minor critique when it comes to um, the execution of those kinds of fantastical stunts in film, um, which I thought they did well here. Um, yeah, Mulan literally kicks an arrow into a guy's chest and I thought that was a little far-fetched uh, even for this film. But um, other, it was a cool, uh, I guess, bit of action otherwise. And violence, violence and murder. It just really goes to the heart of Mulan. Literally. When she kicks that arrow into his chest. <laughs> the heart of the enemy. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming on to talk about Mulan. Uh, where can folks listening find you, Jody? Uh, basically, I'm just on Instagram all the time now because it's still a pandemic. Um, it's Jody Pulaski, J-O-D-I-P-O-L-A-S-K-Y. And then you can find me here on the podcast, maybe talking about Tenant, but I don't know, next time. <laughs> uh, Dawson, um, I know you're 
not always super active on social media sometimes uh yeah, but find you're, me i'm off the grid you're doing i found another dawson elke on the internet and he's wild i'm incredulous and he lives in minnesota I thought it was you and I was like, I'm confused. But then I was like, I'm not here to know. So like, but then I found the real you and I was like, oh, phew. he has my curly hair, but yes. he wears like camo and hunts. So, so like almost don't tell people who you are because like they're going to get confused. Like you're an actor. <laughs> He's like the Dawson I should have been growing what? up in Minnesota with Perfect. camo and hunt. Like that's, that's just an alternate universe me. I think that like popped over into what? reality. During a dragon break. I'm, I'm only seeing you on Google. I'll, I'll help you find our new friend Dawson, who'll be joining us on the two. It's brothers just such a show. rare name. E and it's e spelled the same. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. I couldn't believe okay. it. I was incredulous, exactly as you said. Um, huh. Well, you're in an upcoming pilot project, so people can be on the lookout for you there. Shadow of the Conqueror. Yeah, um, go follow Productions Dairatia on. Um, YouTube uh, productions and D-I-R-A-T-I-A. -I they make a lot of, uh, they're a Canadian film company mm -hmm. um, that is producing a short film adaptation of Shadowversity on YouTube. Check him out. Um, he's a, I didn't, I can't string, I can't make a sentence anymore. Um, uh, it just depends on the day. <laughs> go, Shadowversity wrote a novel called Shadow the Conqueror. Productions Diversity is making a short film adaptation of it. Check it out. Awesome. You can find me, Philip Elke, at Philip Elke on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you can find Thoughtcast, the Thoughtcast, conversations about animation at Thoughtcast.com. Instagram, Twitter, at Thoughtcast on SoundCloud, where, yeah, listen to us on our uh, streaming platforms such as SoundCloud. I, uh, I always want to say iTunes, but um, I guess uh, the technical... Uh, app would be apple Podcasts nowadays um i guess i still have itunes that i use on my desktop here from which i can download podcast episodes and stuff but i guess if you're listening on your phone yeah um or, or your iphone uh, which i used to not have but uh i became <laughs> an apple uh adopter as of late that's like my one apple device i was very reluctant Okay, uh, <laughs> real, real quick. So I went to Dawson Elke's Instagram page. Not the Dawson Elke, but Dawson Elke. Dawson, the other one, the real one. Um, and he almost quotes Dumbledore, which is awesome. There's what's easy, then there's what's right. If you confuse the two, there's no telling what you become. Um, and he is followed by one of my Lebanese fans. So That's cool. Muhammad she probably Thane thinks it's you. Probably thinks it's me. This is creepy. I, I feel like he's just pretending to be you. Uh, he could have taken it. And he's more attractive than me. So Requested. Here I go. Down the slippery slope. This is because you've been like you've people been listening Dawson may. Forever. Well, people listening may not realize you were in a motion picture with some like major actors. I, I was some tempted to say major motion stars. picture, but. Danny that one Glover girl from the big um, greatest show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cameron Seely, right? Seely's great. Yep, she was in the greatest. Denise showman. Richard. Everyone knows who we Danny really Glover. We really need to be pumping out more Dawson content for our, our listeners. Stop. I'm leaving. Cody, <laughs> you're the yeah. best one of us by far. You We're you run a, you run a business of repute. That's the so, blame it, Rob quote. I think. I know. Sorry. Okay. I'm, yeah. Hopefully, this I'm isn't a fake with a sock puppet account. But 
if, if it's not, I'm, I apologize to the other Dawson Elkie. Um, but you never know because you are a celebrity, technically. Um, but yeah, uh, follow us, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all the things. Uh, leave a review on iTunes if you um, are inclined to give us a positive review. As we like to say on here, have a wonderful week. Uh, have a magical day and warm hugs to all of you out there. I hope they know I'm waving every time when it's the big goodbye. <laughs>